Welcome to Feminine Revival Podcast, where we empower women to embrace their God-given identity and live a life of beauty and victory. Welcome back. Yay. <laughs> Glad to have you. <laughs> uh, hello, folks. Welcome hello. for the uh, second round of uh, our conversation on gossiping. And we're going to discuss some interesting topics today as to how to avoid gossiping and really what is the root of gossiping. So that's going to conclude our conversation about um, words for this time <laughs> at this time. <laughs> I know. So we were talking about an icebreaker question and we thought that it'd be interesting to discuss how do you navigate getting out of or ending a conversation with like a chatty Kathy or like somebody that you just want to get away from talking to? Like how do you gracefully bow out of that conversation? And we all know there are some people that can talk the hind leg off a mule. <laughs> so you're like I have to have a plan. Yes. Laura, do you have any suggestions? I wouldn't say I'm particularly good at that. Well, um, Vanessa Van Edwards gave some really good clues if you ever listened to her mm. podcast. But she said, I did this actually on a date once and it worked really well. Some point in the date, I asked him what he had planned the rest of the day. I've heard about that. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go grocery shopping and whatever. And then he like returned the question to me, which is normal. And then, you know, went on. And then I was like, okay, I'm done here, basically. And so I was like, will you have fun grocery shopping? See you later or not. And then you stand up. <laughs> What's that? And then you stand up, you know. And then you stand up and shake hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> high five, you know. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. yeah, I've heard about that one. The Is high it, five really signifies this was the the one and only date we're gonna have. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it basically puts their mind like from present to the future, and uh, it kind of ends the conversation mentally. I get that. Yeah, we were talking about social cues. I think like back in my office days, you know, like would somebody would just like barge in on your work day, your workflow, and you're kind of like, I didn't have time to have a conversation right now, and you kind of like. I would say, I guess I did kind of have like a, a method. I would either stand up eventually or be like, well, okay, it was great chatting with you. Or I would stand up and be like, hey, let's go get a cup of tea from the, the kitchen. Then like, you know, okay, we'll see you later, you know, like at that point. So I guess I did kind of implement a form of that same thing. That would be good if you had somewhere where you could go, like yeah. a drink station yeah. or something like that. That's actually really nice because you could be like, let's go get some lemonade and then you leave them there You're like you know what really helps me when i'm frustrated tea let's go get you some mm. uh, well yeah true. it's definitely it's difficult navigating conversations um but we're gonna not waste any more not waste any more time she didn't even let me waste time so clearly well, it's difficult navigating <laughs> conversation <laughs> this is heather practicing ending the conversation listen i'm She's like Aaron, here's another method don't ask everyone the same intro question <laughs> you guys don't understand how bad i am at ending conversations or saying well, evidently you're pretty good <laughs> i was it's waiting on my turn over here i'm sorry autumn autumn what do you have to say about that well i would like to say that I face this all the time, actually. Oh, really? Yes. And I do think that it works if you stand up 
and walk to the door and then stand outside the door and finish up a few other things and then you turn around and go back in the door <laughs> and now you talk to them <laughs> outside the office and then you're like so like oh. you're in your office and they're outside yes at the end that's how that works and then I was you gonna close say, yeah. the door and you raise the shade <laughs> and then a few signs <laughs> i'm just kidding um no but seriously i use that same method i refer to something in the future and I just have a hard time telling when people are done I assume that people want to be done with the conversation early and sometimes people really like just hanging out with me and I don't think I'm that cool so I don't really get it (laughs) and so I'm like constantly trying to end the conversation for them like so it's really okay if you want to go now like you don't have to keep hanging out with me and then they're like no we're good but I'm always surprised because I'm thinking it's kind of like a hard thing when people are trying to show deference to you and so they don't want to like interrupt you and be like okay well I have to leave so I guess I'm just trying to like read their mind and presume that they aren't good at ending a conversation so yeah I think that's a difficult part if you're kind of like a um what's the word like a um direct no what's the word Jordan Peterson talks about if you're agreeable that's the word so it's tough if you're a, a, an agreeable person because you're like constantly trying to defer to the other person. Like, or like I want to listen to you. I want to hear you out. But like, I also don't want to talk too long to now you're standing around. So mm-hmm. it's almost like this mental gymnastics of like making them feel heard and understood and feel important. But at the same time, like normally you do have to be somewhere or get something done. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay, well, if I'm in a meeting, usually I'll just have the meeting and then we'll work through everything and then I'll save the socialization for the end so I'll say like now you're welcome to stay and visit if you want to but if you needed to go that's fine yeah that's a good move and then when people stay you're like your little heart grows like three times and you're like (laughs) oh my goodness they chose to stay (sighs) that's cute well good discussion that was great autumn (laughs) Heather, should we just talk about our lack of sleep? Should we just say Listen, that? y'all, we, okay, so I started my new job last week, and this is the second week, and I've had to completely flip my schedule. So I have started getting up at 4.30 in the morning, and I work out from 5 to like 6.30, 6.45. Well, Autumn is a champion, and she's decided to start going in the morning with me, <laughs> except for that um, we both just didn't sleep at all I know last night and autumn ended up waking up at three and I got up at the 4 30 usual time but we're pretty dead so I apologize this is we're doing the best we can but this is I know and I don't know if you ever take alpha brain or yeah creole oil what is it called creole oil yeah it really helps with your brain function I'm also out of that (laughs) I usually take that in the morning and I didn't really realize how much it was doing until I ran out and then It's a big difference. Yeah, like, this little plug. Like I thought I was kind of smart, and I'm not. I just, am, <laughs> just I just take supplements. supplements. <laughs> Interesting. Recommend. Yeah, I definitely recommend. Uh, was it Jocko's brand of mm-hmm. Creole oil? That'll turn your brain on. Anyways, <clears throat> so yes, uh, bear with us. We're a little bit tired. Laura is looking bright and sunny. <laughs> well rested. So jumping into the discussion of uh, how to avoid gossiping, we really wanted to focus on uh, three primary points, which was um, how we speak. 
And um, as I was looking through the verses, I noticed that there was just kind of general um, patterns or uh, a way to categorize um, what the Bible had spoken about, how we should speak. And I came, uh, kind of ended up developing the three main points, which was to speak sparingly, carefully, and slowly. So we, I think you can apply this to everything that you say. It's not just uh, isolated or um, specific to gossiping, but certainly since we are on the topic of gossiping, um, I really felt that these applied in in being mindful and being careful about what you say and how you say it. I'm kind of, you know, going back to our last podcast, um, just to refresh, um, gossiping really kind of has a connotation of just like a lack of carefulness and um, like an uh, an overuse of idle words um, and uh, just like a lack of purpose behind what you're saying. Whereas, um, you know, the step, the next step from that would be um, to slander. And that's usually kind of where you're purposely um, seeking to, you know, defame somebody's name or their reputation with either false or true information. Um, so we're going to read some verses and just discuss, have an open discussion on um, what the Bible has to say about using sparing words um, in relation to gossiping. So uh, one of the first verses that I had written down was Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. And it says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. He that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. It's a very interesting verse. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because it says, he that hath knowledge spareth his words. And mm-hmm. I think people usually use their words to demonstrate that they have knowledge. But this really says the opposite. Like if you have knowledge, yeah. you're going to withhold speaking. And it just implies that you have not just knowledge, but some understanding and wisdom. Yeah, that's true. I remember um, there were a couple of classes in high school that I just was, it was usually, usually a science or a math class that I was just always struggling in and just intently listening. But I, for the most part, was quiet. And people always assumed that I was a smart kid and that I had the answers. And I'm like, don't ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't understand the formula or whatever. But I always thought that was so ironic because they assumed that just because I was quiet in the class that I automatically was like a smart kid. And I was like, jokes on you. I'm just desperately trying to understand <laughs> this just like you. That's, I was super quiet, too. And people yeah. thought that of me. I was like, oh, no, don't, don't let me disappoint you. <laughs> I'm just shy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. Which is interesting because, I mean, think, you know, the word of God definitely illustrates and the principles are true. I think it, the verse also kind of highlights self-control. Mm-hmm. If you have knowledge, then you have an understanding that maybe there's more you need to hear before you speak or more you need to understand before you share. True. Or you know that this person is not going to receive what you have to say anyways yeah this kind of goes into casting your pearls before swine yeah you know just being aware proverbs twenty nine eleven says a fool uttereth all his mind but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards uttering all your mind mm. do you ever have a time where you did that <laughs> what do they call it um <laughs> word vomit our like vulnerability hangover or something like that. Somebody used that phrase the other day, like instantly regret sharing too much. Yes. 
Yeah. Like go into social situation and I think you have to very intentionally try to be poised in what you say and not feel the necessity to um that's true fill all the quiet space with words yeah I mean the point here is like sparingly you know like you use economy in what you're saying know your crowd and also even in the discussion of gossip you want to be careful with who you're telling your information to because you don't want to add you know fuel to the fire yeah so you don't really know you know like yeah. who's related to who or it's like they that's say, true too oh I let my inside thoughts <clears throat> get out or what do they say um i can't think of the phrase my um have you guys ever, like, I, I, I don't know what phrase you're talking about, but <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you're with people that are pretty quiet and you find yourself talking more than you intended to? Oh, for to? sure. Okay. Yeah. And I'm always like, I, I shared a lot <laughs> more than I wanted to, but nobody was talking and I just kept going. Nobody interrupted That's me. That's true. <laughs> I feel the need to balance. If the other person's like super quiet, I'll be much more talkative. Mm -hmm. If they're super talkative, I'm content to just listen. I'm like, oh, sure. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, yes, that's very true. So Ecclesiastes is another great verse. Ecclesiastes 5, Ecclesiastes 5, 2 says, be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou art upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. So that's an interesting addition to this, that it's even cautioning you to not let your words be a rash um, towards the Lord, uh, let not your heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Now I have not really looked into that, but I would say I, I can't say I do that. I mean, I, I feel think like I'm talking to God all the time. To me, this speaks kind of like, of, I think of like judging what God has done and saying mm. like you, I, I depended on you or something, but not really thinking through that he's maybe not done yet. Mm. So that's kind of what I think of when I that's read a good that takeaway from that. It says, "Because God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few." So it's just pointing out, like you don't see things yeah. entirely, and you don't really know from God's perspective what's going on. Yeah. So don't be rash in mm -hmm. pronouncing conclusions or judgments. Yeah. You know, I think something God's teaching me right now in life is that there's actually like a toxicity towards that question, "Why." Um, that really in life, most of the time, God does not tell you why. Sometimes like hindsight, you might know why, but that's really just conjecture at that point because you don't know the full implications of what God's doing. But the, the two questions you can always ask is um, who and what. So like who is God? And I think that if you take time to study who God is in circumstances, then it usually can give you like, some grace or it can lead you to be with comfort to answer the next question like okay well then what is God doing and you might not even know in the moment but I think if you focus on who God is in circumstances that are difficult it usually leads you to like the peace and the wisdom that you need in order to handle what God's doing because not always knowing the why is even comforting yeah, that's true. Because sometimes he gives you the why and you're like, well, that doesn't help. 
Yeah, that's true. And then sometimes things are just so awful that it's kind of like, I think you could just chase that rabbit to infinities to like, why did this person die? Or why did this thing need to happen? Like, that's don't waste your time focusing on the why. It's who, who and what, who is God, despite the circumstances? And what is he doing? What is he doing in you? What is he doing in the circumstance that can go somewhere? Well, the why and the what are the same, right? They're like for the glory of God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can take it to that extent. I think that's just kind of the perspective I've been learning on it because there's just some things that like in hindsight, I'm kind of like, why couldn't that have worked out? Or why did this have to be that way? Would it ruin some cosmic plan? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I just never could come up with like an answer. And so I just stopped focusing on the why and I just started refocusing on like, okay, well, who is God? He's good. He doesn't withhold any good thing from you. You know, da, 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 da. All the things I, I knew to be true about God. And then it reframed my perspective to say, okay, well, this is who God is. He's good and he doesn't withhold any good thing from me. So therefore, what is God trying to do in me? And like, what else is God going to do there for? And for me, that was very liberating, but I just kind of felt like it put me in a place of rest. And at least that was just specific to me. But I think it's kind of, uh, don't waste your time asking questions Mm -hmm. that may not have answers. So really God is sparing with his words too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we have the whole scripture, so in some ways, no. Yeah. Because that's But huge. specifically, yes. Like, he doesn't just... He doesn't... But he doesn't give a lot of direct answers. No. Very rarely. He gives mm-hmm. guidelines and principles, you know, but... Yeah. That's the truth, though. Um, yeah. Good discussion. Uh, James one nineteen through 20 says, Wherefore, my blood brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So basically, I mean, exactly what we've been saying. Like, it just seems like if you rush, you have an emotion and you rush into a decision, then that's usually not led by the spirit, you know? Yeah, that's true. So maybe that goes along with like just being sparing with your words because you are being temperate and pondering Mm -hmm. and evaluating and then applying wisdom and that takes time so but if you are quick to answer then you're more emotionally charged with your answer yeah and whether that's fear or worry or sorrow or anger or love that could be yeah you don't want to rush into that either (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, that's true. You kind of want to like take a, st- I think you almost have to, like you're saying, your default is like usually flesh, like your, your raw emotions, you know, your, your mind, your will and your emotions, whatever, like initially comes to the surface. But I think that there's a practice in like engaging your spirit and being like, hold on. <laughs> right. Lord, like, let me answer that one. Well, you know. there's a book called The Release of the Spirit, and it kind of talks about breaking down the soul and flesh so that your spirit can rule you. So if you think about the the world interfaces with our flesh, and that's probably the first thing to respond, mm-hmm. maybe. And then, you know, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and those things are going to respond as well but deeper inside of you the deepest is the spirit Mm -hmm. maybe you know if you think about it like that there is like a ruling of the outside like we live in what we see and what we feel and touch 
And then we also live in our soul, but your spirit really wants to rule you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had those situations where somebody says something to you and you're kind of like, <laughs> like blaze past it, but then later on you're rethinking about like the conversation. You're like, wait a second, mm-hmm. you know, like that was a that was a jab or like that was rude or whatever. And I'm like mm-hmm. kind of glad that I just like assumed the best in the moment because I would have had a different response. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, you're like, okay, well, great. Great talking to you later, you know. Yeah. Kind of glad yeah. that sometimes I just blaze past that. And then I'll think back to it later and be like, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can have my feels in private. <laughs> and uh, rehearse what you would have said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't appreciate that. <laughs> it's a great mirror conversation with myself. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that this verse kind of correlates um your speech to um, getting you to a place of wrath. Mm. So if you're quick to speak, that's it's more likely that you're going to become wrathful. Yeah. And that there's a, a link there. Mm. And that kind of makes sense if you think through people that you have known who's like immediately has a response and they're like, you know, lighting into someone about ah, and you said this and like they have a response immediately mm-hmm. it's usually not peaceful and like well thought because it was so quick or kind even sometimes so mm-hmm. it's interesting that and what's the verse a soft answer turneth away wrath I don't know the exact um, where that's found I think it's in Proverbs but to that point like a soft answer is going to deflect that wrath if it's coming at you or somebody's coming at you wrathfully responding with a soft reply is going to like disarm them hopefully but I think sometimes in order to not like tit for tat you kind of have to like check yourself you know tap into the Holy Spirit maybe internally pray and then kind of move forward um that's good though yeah because sometimes you have to assess like uh what is the person's maybe motive is maybe they want to trigger you mm-hmm. and they're purposely trying to step on some nerves yeah so if you can slow down and you understand and maybe not them but it might be the enemy using them mm-hmm. to you know get on your weaknesses and mm-hmm. and they like hit a nerve where you're like i work really hard or mm-hmm. whatever and then you want to like um, you know how people like will match somebody else's intensity and level yeah. and but the best thing is to like how can we bring this down like yeah. that's what you do with kids when they're like really upset you're like okay yeah you're, you're yelling right now let's let's calm down and then we'll talk go to the quiet <laughs> corner or I'm gonna go to the quiet corner <laughs> God, I'm gonna go to the quiet corner yeah, um, and that actually leads to um, the last verse for this section. It's, it's Proverbs eighteen thirteen. It says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. And I wrote a note saying, Ask for more clarification before you, you respond, especially if what the other person said is upsetting. So I think that a lot of times <clears throat> offenses, they can be, you know, misunderstandings, miscommunication. But also it's kind of a way to disarm somebody. Like if somebody makes like a... a you know, a snarky remark, you can like reiterate it. Like, you know, somebody like says a joke on you or something like there's like a, a way to respond to that by like playing dumb. Like if they're like, oh, I guess you thought your hair looked good today, you know, and you're like, 
I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Like, I didn't hear you. And then, like, the more times you have them repeated, it's like they kind of, like, have to take more ownership they of what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, um, yeah, actually, I did. Thank you very much. But this it's disarming. This verse kind of reminds me of, I used to be on the phones for a credit card company oh, in um, customer service. So they had, like, warned us, like, team meeting before your shift starts like by the way we accidentally sent out like everybody's statements but they're blank so you're going to be getting so the worst part is is you really have to act like I have no idea why you're calling I'm so I'm so so like you're trying to not like I can tell you exactly what you're going to tell me and the answer but you have to act like you have not heard this before and it is call 95 you know wow (laughs) so you're like I am so sorry that happened. Well, we actually sent one out again today with everything on it. You can also check it online. Is there anything else I can help you with? Wow. Oh, it was terrible. That's some character. It was like a good practice. So how do these principles apply specifically to like avoiding gossiping? Well, gossiping really, it's meeting a fleshly desire to, I don't know, whatever you know, whatever you would want to extort the pot, right? Like all those things. Advantage. So if you are going to just do what comes natural, then you're going to speak quickly because all of the quick things relate to satisfying a lust, which is just a fleshly desire for pride or to have value or, mm-hmm. you know, dissension. So if you rush into any of those, then that really is just a characteristic of the flesh is to rush. Mm-hmm. So I think sparing, it's not natural and it really does cause us to rely on the Holy Spirit in order to do that mm-hmm. consistently. And I think that's what God always calls us to is something that's beyond natural so that it can be supernatural so that God can get the glory and certainly being temperate and sparing in your words isn't natural to most people. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, making biscuits. <laughs> I'm playing with a pillow in my lap and Heather was very distracted. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's one in, of those little beaded ones in <laughs> general, um, you know, thinking before you speak is a good place to start, especially with, you know, with gossiping because like we're saying you need to stop before you say something because you know like sometimes I have to catch myself like I'm just like rapid fire like giving all all the updates the reel of updates in my mind and sometimes you know uh, you know an update on somebody's personal life or something like that can kind of bleed into that feed of like oh this 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 this, this you know <clears throat> and I have to stop myself and be like no that's not necessary you know like mm, like I don't need to talk about that or whatever so I think just being like mindful to think about your words before they leave your mouth and like think through the implications of what that could mean for somebody else or for yourself um and then you know like we were saying you know well yeah I guess that's basically it that's that's all I got (laughs) (laughs) Laura (laughs) well I'm just thinking like when your words go out they I mean I know God's word is eternal maybe you guys can speak to this but they're lasting because mm-hmm. the person who heard it or the person who reshares what you shared or whatever, it, it, you know, I think of like a, a girl that a lot of people 
picked on when I was growing up. Mm. I didn't really join in, but I also did. I was so shy. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. Like I, I don't know how much that damaged her as a person mm-hmm. and what else was going on if she had a bad home life. And that's mm-hmm. a reason why she came to school, like, you know, with the same clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just thinking that your words can have a really lasting. So you could use them to tear somebody down. Yeah. Even if you weren't, that wasn't your plan, but you just, like you said, you're quick to join the conversation mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you later are like, oh man, I should have not said something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think we've all had those kind of experiences. Yuck moments where you should have said something or didn't say, or you said something you shouldn't have said. Yeah, that's definitely, that's true. Um, so actually I wanted to read one last verse, um, for this section that we will move on, but it's Proverbs seventeen fourteen. It says the beginning of strife is as one letting out water. Therefore leave off contention before it meddleth with, before, before it be meddled. meddled with, sorry. So the beginning of strife is as one letting out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. So it's kind of like just a good reminder. There's just some things. Don't meddle with it. Just leave it alone. Don't just, you don't need to bring that up. You don't need to stir the pot. You don't need to spill the tea. (laughs) It's like contentions are water behind a dam. And if you don't keep, if you keep messing with the bricks, (laughs) Or the little stones. Jenga. Yeah, you're going to cause a, uh, an outburst. Yes, I think if you've this, lived. I, I'm going to go a really weird direction with this okay. verse. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. I'm thinking of a woman giving birth. Okay. Her water broke. And then her husband tries to talk to her and she's like, shut up. <laughs> You know, uh, pregnancy is one of the only, there's two responses and I need to look it up because I can't remember the second one, but it's one of the responses of your body that once it starts, it cannot stop. But so that's actually a good analogy because your words, once they leave your mouth, they're out there. It's something is birthed. Yeah. You cannot put that action. You can't stop that motion. It is set in motion. And whether those words brought life or death, it is, you can't revoke them. What's said is said. So that's actually, that's good, Laura. It's a little weird. Sorry. Thank you for letting me go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the second point is to use your words carefully. And we've certainly touched a little bit on that. Um, But Autumn, do you want to read Proverbs 15, 1 through 2 and verse 28? Okay. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Well, that's that's a packed verse. So a soft answer turns away wrath. We were talking about that earlier. Grievous words, they stir up anger. And then the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright or correctly. But the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. I think it's interesting that it says the heart of the righteous studieth to answer. I think that kind of um, speaks to a lot of what we were talking about. You know, the best way to avoid gossiping is to 
you know, know what the word of God says and also to like, like think preemptively about like your words before you speak them. So it just kind of reminds me of maturing really. Yeah. If you think about even our examples, it's kind of like when you were a kid, you know, when you were in school, like you let people be talked about poorly or you didn't stand up for them but then now you're older and you wouldn't let that happen again Mm -hmm. and so you have to mature spiritually too and so as a baby Christian when you just put your faith in Christ you may not have the spiritual strength to exercise self-control with your words because the Holy Spirit's really going to be the one helping you Mm -hmm. do that because that's the fruit of the spirit is self-control yeah that's true So as you're maturing, it's like you are gaining more ability to be more moderate, more Mm -hmm. careful, more sparing. And it just sounds like the words are kind of academic words. Mm -hmm. Like they use knowledge aright and they study Mm -hmm. to answer. Wise knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like you have to go to school and you have to go to school in the word of God so that you can be educated. Oh, <laughs> school hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. I like I like that in um, with the self-control piece because it says poureth two times. And mm. it kind of is implying that the person who's wise doesn't say a lot. Imagine your your hand is on a faucet and you're only letting mm-hmm. so much just a right amount of water come mm-hmm. out so it's kind of like feeding a baby you know like they have that little bottle <laughs> and they can't get a lot and so it's moderate i'm just here it's, it's just it's with just the illustration <laughs> i was looking at her versus like a hose <laughs> her eyes just got really big <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah that's true um Proverbs 18.21 is one that we've talked about frequently. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Mm. So I think it's definitely just kind of like we've been talking about, like your your actions are going to bear fruit, and that's either going to be sweet or a bitter fruit. And um, they definitely withhold, or not withhold, they hold within them the power and the potential to either bring life or death to a situation or to somebody's life. So it's definitely just something to be careful about when you choose the words that you're going to speak. And even if you go with a fruit example um, or analogy, I should say, you know, you're also planting seeds that are either going to produce, um, you know, long-term fruit or long-term life in somebody kind of like Laura's saying, you know, words can stick with you. I think we can all remember things that were hurtful that were said or that were encouraging or loving that were said to us, you know, from our childhood. So it doesn't just um, stop at the end of the the sound. Um, the last point for this section is that our words should be spoken slowly. And uh, Laura, do you want to read uh, Ecclesiastes 5? Sure. I just said two. Well, you can read that. What's on there? Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou art upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. 
For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. Mm. I actually read that verse earlier. I guess I had put that on there twice, but I guess it makes me the fool. <laughs> it bears repeating. <laughs> it does bear repeating. Um, and it makes the same point that, you know, like, it's it's definitely a- equating, you know, a wise man being... Um, you know, careful and, and slow and few in his words and a fool uttering, you know, a multitude of words. It's funny that that's kind of like something that's understood that we all kind of know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like. It kind of reminds me of that verse, um, be still and know that I am God. Mm. If you picture like this is talking about going to the house of God and mm. actually sometimes I can have like, I can say a lot of things to God, but I don't always give him the space where I'm just silent. Yeah, same. You know, so kind of reminds me of that with in communication with God. But I think the same is true with other people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Proverbs ten nineteen says, In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth, refraineth his lips is wise. I might think it basically speaks for itself. Um, but the last verse for this section is Proverbs 19.11. And it says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and in his glo- it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Um, so I think that, you know, basically, like, it's going to be... I think when it's all said and done, like, you can't fight pride with pride. It's, like, you know, basically gasoline and, and fire. So, you know, the moment where somebody can humble themselves, like, if somebody is, you know, using their words um, to gossip against you or to, you know, speak words that are cutting you down or that are inflammatory, like, it is, like, a glory and I think a very Christ-like thing to just, you know, stop and not retaliate but just to respond with grace but I think even in the context of gossip um you know we can use our words to like slow down the fire of you know the grapevine if you you want to say it that way like oh did you hear oh did you hear oh did you hear you know like you can participate in slowing down or stopping that like chain of gossip by just you know, like in a gracious way, even just saying like, yeah, I heard that. That's, that's unfortunate, but not adding to it, you know? So I think in the context of, um, of gossip, um, we can slow the progression of that by either just not participating or, you know, gently saying to somebody like, yeah, you know, but I don't want to talk about that. That's not my, that's none of my business. You know, there's gracious ways to reroute people. Yeah. This verse talks about passing over a transgression, and it reminds me of Psalm 119, 165, that says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So if you're slow, then you kind of stop the volley of, like, someone kind of does a jab, and then you're like, do a jab back, you know? We're like, okay, I heard that. I know that was a jab, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to step over that. Yeah. And I'm not going to return what I received. Yeah, that's true. Counter your jab with a double jab. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Too (laughs) touche. Oh, boy. Well, uh, last point that we wanted to talk about 
is uh, really just the question of, you know, why do we gossip? It's it's good to know what gossip is, um, how we can avoid it. But I think really the best thing that you can do is get at the root um, of the sin to get at the root of the cause as to maybe why are you gossiping or why other people are gossiping. I think sometimes that's a more effective way to approach maybe correcting it in yourself or in other people um, or just, you know, generally trying to understand where people are coming from. So um, basically, why do we or other people gossip? Um, getting I, to the heart of the matter. Getting to the heart of the matter. Um, I wrote Proverbs 15, 1 through 2 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses, useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. So really, um, I kind of come up with three particular reasons as to maybe like the, the source as to why people um, can kind of find themselves in like that gossiping um cycle or destructive talk um i said the first one was fear uh deuteronomy 20 verse 8 says um and the officers shall speak further unto the people and they shall say what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted let him go and return unto his house lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart uh fear is contagious so I think that it's um, like we're the sheep and then one of them starts running and the rest of them start running and they don't even know why they're running. Yes. That's uh, stampede. Yeah, that is a stampede. It's a reactive emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And whenever you have fear, you oftentimes are it kind of drums up a primal instinct to um, primal like biblical to say that primal it's yeah i mean primal kind of refers back like to innate like, maybe yeah, innate innate uh sense to protect yourself mm-hmm. you know so something made somebody fearful and so they're going to protect themselves and they're going to use whatever strengths they have yeah so they're going to physically get away they're going to use their words and or try to maneuver power because yeah. of the fear and therefore you have words that are rash and quick and not thought out judgmental mm-hmm. accusatory yeah, inflated I, mean, I think you could kind of put into this category like insecurity i think mm-hmm. most of the time the people that were some of the worst gossips were some of the most insecure people from my opinion it was like they always wanted to get like it's kind of like community communicates a desire to be like superior or to like hold or withhold knowledge because they're in the know and you're not and kind of like set themselves up as like the source of information um and I kind of always personally related that back to the person just being like insecure or which really you know could lend itself to being like fearful that like they're not maybe you know lovable or they're not liked or um you know I don't know if they can take it to that extent Mm -hmm. but I kind of feel like fear and insecurity like could kind of relate to each other. Laura, I feel like mm-hmm. that kind of would go with your point three. Pride, yeah. But it, I so. could see it going with fear too. I, I wrote that word actually by your point mm. three. But I was thinking of fear in the opposite kind of like people who are fearful, they won't be accepted if they don't join in. Yeah, that's probably so better. So the exclusion yeah. 
it is mm-hmm. kind of an insecurity because mm-hmm. you want to feel accepted by the group. Or yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have like a herd mentality. Mm-hmm. So if they see that something looks popular to make fun of someone mm-hmm. or to exclude someone, then they're likely to join in with that for yeah. fear of not being accepted, not being liked, mm-hmm. and they don't want that. So Yeah, I think that is mostly the case. You don't want to be like the one... Who's like causing a rift, you, don't you be know? A stick in the mud, or exactly. Whatever. It's like, oh yeah, sure, you know, like your own, which is really a fear of man above the fear of God. Yeah, you know, like which that's the fear bottom of man line. brings a snare. Yeah, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom, knowledge. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was good. So Psalms thirty-four, um, thirteen through fourteen says, "Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile." Depart from evil and do good. Speak peace and pursue it. I always think of that verse. Sorry. Seek peace and pursue it. Yeah. Okay. I what? like that part. You said you said <laughs> speak peace and pursue it. That's how I was looking. You're like, uh, do I? Let me I... reread it. <laughs> speak peace, Heather. Adding to the word. Lord, forgive me. Psalms 34, 13 through 14 says, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. There's a lot of P's and S's right there, so we give you grace. But I was thinking, and my eyes are, this is wrong. I'm reading the wrong thing or something. Oh, gosh. Um, Yes, so basically... We should be pursuing peace. Um, Which is the opposite of fear. Yes. Yeah, I think you could definitely make that argument. Um, So the second point um, as to why do we gossip is it can come from a place of anger. Um, Autumn, do you want to read Proverbs uh, 12, 14 through 18? I'd love to. says, there is that speaketh like... Yeah, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. You speak like a piercing sword. Yeah, it's and a it type says the, of speaking. The tongue of the wise is health. So I think that there is, um, you know, words are powerful. You can. What they say? Anger is like, um, I don't know, it has like a lot of uh, a detrimental effects on the body even. Um, probably like cortisol levels and things like that. But um, Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. So that seems to be a bit like... I think for this one it would be interesting if you guys can think of someone that in the bible that said something rash and used their um i mean i guess that wouldn't be gossip but it could be what was the king that like promised that the next person he saw he would kill and like his child walked in the door yeah was it a king or was it uh like a warrior leader or something yeah I forget. It was Old Testament. It was Old Testament. That's terrible. I don't know. That's just the first thing that popped in my mind. He That's was a like, great example. That's he horrible. swore to God, like, I, I don't know what the stipulation it was. It was like, he, let us win the war. And if we do, 
the first thing that comes out of my house when I get home, I'm offering it as a sacrifice. Yeah, and it was his son or his daughter. It was his daughter, and she was young, and she hadn't been married yet. And then she, like... It's a raw deal. Yeah, I know. He was thinking it would be his dog, I guess. I don't know. I mean, in all things, why you got to say that, you know? Like, I'm going to kill the first thing I see. I mean, his wife had to not be happy with him. I'm just going to say that. <sighs> you just keep your mouth shut for once. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> How do you explain that to your kid? Listen, I made this vow to God, and long story short, I have to. I mean, his daughter was pretty much like, be it unto me according to your word. I mean, she didn't say that, but she was like, yeah. all right, give me a time, three months to lament. Yeah. And then he the fact that I'll never her? get married. And then he sacrificed. Well, her? some people that some commentaries think that it meant like he, like, gave her to like work at the church or something. But it never really said that. It literally said like none. sacrifice. Yeah. Wow. But it said sacrifice, so maybe he did actually sacrifice her. Nobody really knows. Wow. I mean, I think it means what it says. It. Yeah, that's what I thought. It means. Off with her head. It's wow. Terrible. But wow. that's a good, it's a good story. Mm. Is it? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's scripture, but I mean, that you thought of something, because I was just kind of trying to think, like, I mean, if this um, is you on a few hours of sleep, you're doing great, Heather. I, I, names and places, I'm, I'm forgetting, but the story I remembered. Um, yeah, that's true. I think, um, well, Nabal, too, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. Whenever David's mighty men asked him for some grub. Of course, then... being three sheets to the wind doesn't help either with conversation, <laughs> does it? <laughs> and then basically he's like, forget you. I'm not giving you anything. And then. I don't know who David is. This is the. Uh, the... Whatever. What? <laughs> oh, that was Nabal. <laughs> the niv version the heather junk version hjv oh boy okay so the last point that we wanted to make in this so the last point is pride and why do we gossip and i think that we've kind of touched um in a few different ways on this. Um, we've talked about insecurity, which I do think is a, another form of pride. It's just one side of the spectrum. Whether you're thinking too little of yourself or too much of yourself, I think it really does boil down to pride. Um, Psalms, Psalms 59, 12 through 13 says, For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride. For the crushing and lying which they speak. Cursing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let me try that one more time. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, Laura, do you want to read Psalms 59, 12 through 13? Sure. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them be taken in their in their pride. For the, for the, for cursing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same place where you messed up. Okay, okay Autumn, your turn. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Psalm 59, 12 through 13. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them ever be taken in their pride. And for cursing and lying which they speak, consume them in wrath, consume them that they may not be, and let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth. Selah. Hmm. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting that we're talking about talking and we're 
struggling with communicating. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, lips. Don't start again. <laughs> <laughs> lips. <laughs> okay, Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-five says, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. And Ecclesiastes 10.12 says, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. So definitely, I mean, they speak for themselves that <clears throat> that pride is always going to stir up strife. It's always going to lead to contention. It's always going to um, just generate discord discord among mm -hmm. people um you can't fight pride with pride the only way that you can um, stop the pride cycle is in humility and then ecclesiastes talks about um a man's mouth using gracious words is wise and that basically the words of a foolish man will like swallow himself up that's kind of a weird mm -hmm. phrase but like he'll fall into almost like the ditch of his own mouth and um, I think that that does lead to destruction. So in conclusion, <laughs> um, really, I think uh, why we gossip is always, I think, either uh, linked to just the sin of being, you know, uncareful and really just not thinking about, you know, how you're presenting yourself in the world or representing Christ. And also, like we had talked about in the previous podcast, that um, it's Satan that's the accuser of the brethren. And we obviously don't want to do anything that is going to reflect um, anything of our previous life, which before we knew Christ, it says that we were of our father, the devil. So if you are not saved, um, you're not a part of God's family. And that's something that you want to avoid. <laughs> it just sounds so terrible when it came out of my mouth. Well, I think what you're trying to say is like, if you're sowing discord among the brethren, you're acting like Satan. That's kind of his yes. M.O. But he's not your father anymore. God is your father. Yes. So it's like you need to, that's not how we run this family, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's well said. It's like you need to... You know, it's like the parent that says to their kid when they leave the house, like, remember, remember who you are. You know, like we need to remember who whose we are, which we are the children of Christ. And we have a unique ability to use our words to um, bring people to Christ, to reflect Christ and to like build up and encourage and exhort one another. So it is important what we say. So if we find that we're in just bad habits or cycles of gossiping, whether it's slander or just plain gossip or idle words, I think that we can just take a step back and just be mindful and ask God to help us to think before we speak. I've even asked God to help me bite my tongue literally before I say something that is um, inappropriate. So um, it's just being, I think, mindful, conscious, and purposing to use your words for life, um, life and peace, you know. So, in conclusion. Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. <clears throat> if you can't say something nice, sh say nothing. <laughs> There's an old saying, if you can't say something nice, come sit by me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie line. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, yes. So in conclusion, if I'm being honest, I'll be the first to tell you that I fall short of the standards that God has laid before us for the qualifications of our words and how we use them. But ultimately, every word originates in the heart, and our heart is transformed by the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. One of the best ways to use our words is in a humble prayer asking the Lord to transform and purify our hearts so that the words that proceed out of our mouths are worthy of the new nature that we have received in Christ. Be encouraged. If you feel convicted about your words, that is a great sign that God is already at work in your heart to transform your words into the kind that will edify, uplift, and testify. So, you guys have a great week, and we will catch you on the next episode. You can do it. Dare to say no to gossiping. Mm. Maybe next time we can try to account when we were tempted to use words unwisely and we chose to not do that. Mm. Okay. A little accountability. Challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. Right on. Sounds good. Over See and out, good buddy. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> oh, bye. I only woke up at three because I went to bed at nine and I think my body's used to sleeping six hours. And so then I woke up and I literally couldn't go back to sleep. You only sleep six hours every night. Yeah, I think so. Because I usually go to bed at 12 and then wake up at six. Yeah. How do you function like that? Not very well. I used to do that at Aerotech and I didn't function, I learned. (laughs) 40% of this podcast, my eyes have been closed. (laughs) Except for the time she was kneading dough and then they were over. <laughs> like a cat. Keep staying closed longer than my right eye. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you look like that one preacher again. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's in the word of God, but... <clears throat> Pretty good. <laughs> I was until I looked at you. Okay. <clears throat>